Thank you for tuning in to the AM and AM show, where we discuss real people, real problems, looking for real solutions. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to the AM and the AM show. I am your host, Alexis Michelle. I hope that everyone had an amazing New Year's. The week has started off very nice and lovely. And so I know that everybody is really feeling this new year. I see all in social media people just praising and just looking forward to all the things that 2019 has to offer. However, in this episode of The Girlfriend Experience, I have a guest, and his name is Marcel. He is a longtime friend of mine. I mean, like a longtime friend of mine. I don't know, but I guess like 13, 14 we were, like 13, 14. So that's like what, like 30 years, almost 30 years? Yeah. 30 years? 30 years. 30 years. Um, We have seen every aspect of each other's life. I mean, just like everything. And so I am I am so delighted to have him with me on this podcast of The Girlfriend Experience. And we're going to continue the conversation about kings because I wanted to get a male perspective um, about the dynamics of how men really need to see themselves. And if you didn't have the opportunity to listen to The Girlfriend Experience Kings, I would encourage you to do so after this podcast. So, Marcel, you got a chance to listen to... I did. ...the episode. I did. Um, what were your thoughts on it? For one, I was very blown away from the podcast itself and that, and that particular episode because uh, you spoke on some things that hit home for me personally as a man and I know hit home for other individuals or other men that might have heard it. And also... I think the things that you said were very pertinent and very important for women out there to hear as well. Because one thing that's, that really rang loud was for men to really evolve and to step up. You said it you said it, and it just rang so loud. Because evolution is something that I think that has actually missed us for so many generations. And us being, and what's, what's inclusive in us is men and women. And what we're doing is perpetuating that in our children because we're, we're procreating ignorance. We're procreating dysfunction. Mm. We're procreating uh, de-evolution on so many levels. But it really runs deep. I mean, I don't think it's something that we come out the womb um, just actually consciously perpetuating. It's something that's more so unconscious. And it's been so deliberately uh, perfected now to the point where it's, it's a situation, it's like collecting royalties for perpetuity. It's, this thing is now has become a, a perpetuity situation. So what we're going to do tonight or with this, or a, I guess in the AM with this podcast, is actually kind of peel back the layers on um, what I feel that may be some of the reasons that men are not actually stepping up to the plate and are not evolving the way we need to and as we should be doing for just to have productive families, to have a productive nation, to have a productive society that is basically healthy for us as a people to actually, you know, just stand more erect and just have more of a platform for us to perpetuate good health and good mental health, good long-standing relationships, and to just be more cohesive as a unit. So, you know, let's get into it. Let's dive off into it. Okay, so when you think about, when you think about the 21st century in comparison to the male adult or the men that we see, 
Like, what do you think is a major, I don't want to say issue, but what do you think is a major obstacle that is causing men not to really to raise their game or not to rise to that next level of consciousness or level of themselves? I think the the major obstacle there's there's many sub obstacles but the major obstacle is the fact that there's no representation of what we're supposed to rise to mm-hmm. I mean you learn from a man a lion learn a, a cub a lion cub learns from his mother and the, and the father lion as well as every other species but somehow we're not learning from our fathers or even our grandfathers because they're not present and it's one thing to be present, and there's another thing to provide. You know, mm. uh, and we get those P's mixed up. You have to be present. And for so many of us who may even have fathers in the households, a lot of times they're not present. And they're not, and, and also not being present also means not being able to provide those things, or you spoke of in a previous podcast, those tools necessary to actually build, to actually evolve, to actually grow. So I think presence. And I also think uh, representation is one of the main factors because we don't know what it looks like. We don't know what a man looks like. We only know what we're being told from society, from entertainment, from from the television, from so many other things that's telling us what a man should be. And those things don't line up with who we are innately and who we are from a genealogical standpoint. And that's in our DNA. We like to call each other's kings and queens because that's something that's rooted in us. But you can we cannot really we can't really identify with being a king if you don't know what that is, if you don't know what it looks like. And I'm not talking about just in a book. I'm not talking about from you know, just from traditional lore and what someone has told you. I'm talking about what it looks like, your dad, your grandfather. Now granted some of us have had that and, and like fortunately for me I've had a king as a grandfather. But it stopped there. That he was old. He was, and so many of us see that. We need fathers. We need present kings. We need present uncles who are kings. We need present big brothers who are kings, and so forth. So I just think, for me to answer your question, I think it's having that representation, having something that symbolizes what a man is, not just from verbalism, but from action, from from doing, from from everything, from love, from love, and watching it. Because a king also not only does he protect, he loves, he nurtures. He does everything. It's, it's coming with a sense of balance. And I think that we're so imbalanced. And we're going to get into even why that is so, you know, with this podcast as well. So, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you brought it up. So, what are what are some of the the reasons why we're, why, we're, why men or, I should say, well, why men are imbalanced? And why is it difficult for them to to find that equilibrium, to, to find that, 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 I guess the middle of that spectrum where you're not on, you're not way on this end or you're not way on the other end, but you're, you're, you're right in the middle Mm -hmm. existing the way that you should exist from that balanced perspective. Mm. Wow. Man, that's, that's powerful. First, I want to say we're speaking of men, but let me specify I want to feel that we're speaking to melanated men right now. Are we? Yes. Okay. So, being a melanated man, or a man of melanin, or a carbon-based man, to even take it deeper, 
from the from the time we enter this atmosphere out of triple stage darkness out from the womb a plan is already in place to keep us from evolving that plan starts from the time you get slapped on your ass from the doctor to the very first shot of vaccine they put into you that plan starts from the first time that you go home probably with just your mother and not your father that plan starts from the time you are able to watch whatever kitty show is on TV that's probably showing something that's absent a father or any type of cartoon character and with that starts the indoctrination and once the indoctrination takes place then you pretty much have hold of the developmental process of the mind because from that point to at least seven to eight are the most critical times so with that compound that with every other thing that has happened generationally and the trauma that has taken place that we actually as a people have never really healed and we're really operating from past traumas and past life traumas not only our own but the ones that have created us that we're dealing with on such a deeper level that it's kind of hard to actually see what's directly in front of us because we're still generations back in our mind so the immaturity runs deeper than just the present the immaturity runs generationally mm -hmm. so i just think that it's so many layers and the way that society is going the way that the system itself has now fragmented us as melanated men and the way the industries like the prison industrial complex and the school system which is an indoctrinating tool and we know that it itself is not actually conducive for melanated minds we know that parenting has now been taken out of the hands of real black parents parenting is now in the hands of a state and a government we know there's so many factors that now we're really just playing our part and our part is a very detrimental one at that so uh, I just think that from so many standpoints it's kind of sad it's kind of to the point where finding a solution is one where it's like everything has to be destroyed I kind of relate it back to the fact that when you if you want to get biblically to the point or biblical to the point where let's just say God had flooded everything and I came across some research. I'm, I'm kind of go off. I'm gonna go off on another note, but I'm gonna tie it back in. I came across some research about the wildfires in, in California, and it's so sad to see what's taking place. But unbeknownst to those that are not in the know, a lot of that is deliberately being done because the ground has to be refertile. So much has been depleted from the soil that having the fires actually repletes the ground again with nutrients. And at the same time, it sends up enough carbon into the air to where it actually cleans the air because, you know, they have a smog problem. So what we see as disaster is actually something that in reverse is taking place for a benefit. Mm -hmm. And I say that to now tie it in to us. We might need to burn and destroy what we have. And I don't mean literally, but I mean from a standpoint of we need to just give it all back. And to me, start from the basis of of a, a primitive nature with it, meaning where you ever heard the term simple is simple is more or less is more. And I think that we've gotten so far from our simplicity to the fact that uh, the complexity of us is now just chaotic and everything is just so simple. 
So I just think that uh, the layers that are now compounded on top of the dysfunction, I, I really don't know, Alexis, the, the true solution. All I can say is that what my ancestors tell me is that we have to really let, we have to give them back so much. We had to get them back their education. We had to give them back everything that's now controlling us because it's not allowing us to actually get into ourselves and actually come together as the true kings and queens that we like to verbally set our mouth, but we don't really know how to inwardly and innately act and be. So, you know, I just really feel that as well. I really feel that. So, When you were talking and you mentioned the word trauma, um, my mind kind of went in so many, so many different directions. Um, but I heard someone say today that sometimes we have to basically do away with or renounce survival skills that do not serve us anymore. Right. And I think sometimes whether we are aware that it's trauma or not, we don't understand how it is actually serving us um, and destroying us at the same time. Right. And so I think one of the conversations is, is that we're not really looking at certain things as trauma mm. because it's so normal. Right. 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 And, and so we, we see it as a norm. And so we breathe it, mm. you know, we, we exhale it, we mm. inhale it. You know, we, we eat it, we, we, we digest it, we do all of these things and not understanding that I am really operating from this level of trauma, whether it's historical, whether it's, um, whether it's present, like, we, like we're really in that place. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think when it comes to trauma in men, I think that having to really go inside yourself as a man and to really be able to deal with that actually continues the perpetuation of, of the trauma, although you know that there is something chaotic going on inside right. of you, right. if that makes sense. It does, it does. And you know what, it's interesting you say that because that is something that is stymied at an early age. Because to go inside and deal with trauma sometimes relates to dealing with your emotions. And dealing with your emotions also equates to being soft. Mm -hmm. And the way society perpetuates or the way society actually inculcates young minds, especially male young minds, it teaches them to not be soft. So those things that are considered soft, which in turn will really actually give you balance. Mm. And give you some sense of sensitivity because what happens is that you're finding now that a lot of men, or I'll say males, because being a man is a, we're going to get into that one, but a lot of males, they're not in tune with the feminine nature of themselves. And not being in tune with the feminine nature of themselves, you, you really miss the point. So you can't understand your queen when you really get a queen. You can't really understand, mm. you can't really understand your sister on so many levels because you can't relate to the femininity that actually resides in you as well. Because if you are a, what, uh, what is a man, uh, uh, X, X or what, well, YY chromosome, what is it? Yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah. so YY. Mm. But the reality is, is that we are all 
there's so many chromosomes of us or so we're all mixed we're all together in the sense of we're balanced there's a femininity in us and there's also masculinity so i say that to say this that we have to be in tune with that part of ourselves which is our softer side and i think going into a man with a man requiring a young male to go into his emotions is sometimes looked down upon and if you grow, if you continue to grow and you get in your 20s and you get in your 30s and you never learned how to actually dive into that cesspool of divinity, and I call it divinity because the, fem the feminine side of you is probably the most divine side of you. So if you, never, if you never know how to go into that place, you never know how to draw from that pool of balance, you'll never know how to relate to the woman in your life. You'll never know how to relate to your mother, your sister. And when you have a daughter, that's the only time I think a man possibly... He, t he teeters around with it, but he still doesn't know how to go into it because once that daughter, you know, takes that man's, his, his heart somewhere, then I think as he, he translate that to, all right, you know, go to your mama. Your mama, your mama can help your mama. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, you go to your mama, your mama. But I think that men have to know how to, we have to learn how to be more nurturing. And I mean that in a way without actually seeming, let's just say, uh, to the point where we still uphold our masculinity. We have to be that. We have to be that way and still uphold our own masculinity. So I just think that it's traumatic and it starts early. That they teach us early. You know, I, when I when I was a little boy and you cry first thing your uncle somebody say, boy stop crying. Girls, you know, girls cry such and such. But God wouldn't have gave you the mechanism of crying if it wasn't necessary. Crying releases toxins. You know, so now you got a little boy that never he never was allowed to cry. He turned into a man that still doesn't allow to cry. But, you know, now he's in the penitentiary because when he did cry, he cried out in violence. Right. He cried out in rape. He cried out in molesting. He cried out in jacking. He cried out in drug usage. He cried out in everything else. And when we look at it, all he really was doing was crying. Half of the population in the prison is cats who really was crying. They was crying in the form of physical violence. But that could have been stopped if you would have let this young man get in touch with his feelings early and then reinforce that with love and nurturing to correct the situation, but you know, right. that's what we're living in. When you were talking, I just kept hearing like aggression, like it is this, it is this yes. perpetuated aggression it is. that it is. never, that never finds its proper place, yeah. you know, because I don't necessarily think there's wrong, there's anything wrong with getting angry or being upset, but I, but I do think it's how you place it, like I, yeah. it, where you place it. Right. And so you can place it in a place where it's going to be, a positive outcome right. versus a negative outcome. Right. And so we don't teach we we don't teach that, but I also see that in the capacity of of us as black women and was in a conversation with with, with a young lady and saying that we as women, we have become hard and I'm guilty of it. You mm. know, we we have become hard and and we 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 operate in this place of of unhealthy vulnerability. Mm. You know, because there's a difference between healthy vulnerability and and unhealthy vulnerability, and so we we operate in that in that state, and that we have to be strong, and that we have to have these defense mechanisms, because nobody is teaching teaching us to to really embrace that the woman side of us, that real womanness of us, and that if I do, sh if I am showing a certain affection or a a certain emotion, that that that's not hard, that that somehow takes away from my womanhood, that mm -hmm. that somehow takes away from my womanness, when that actually is what makes you a woman. Gotcha. And so, you know, we hear be strong, do this, do all these kind of things like that. But nobody is teaching us how to be a woman. Nobody is teaching us, 
you know, how to really operate from that place and from that level and, and, and really be in that and be, and, and be, be soft. And I'm not talking about soft in a green way, but I'm talking about be, be embrace that part of you. And so then you got, I'm aggressive, he aggressive. And so you got two people, mm-hmm. you know, coming together mm-hmm. that's aggressive and we both are looking for the same thing, right. but we don't know where to put it. Don't know where to put it. And yeah. so it's done dysfunctionally, yeah. you know? So I just kept hearing, I just kept hearing aggression. Um, I just think that, you know, I, I really want the male listeners to really get this. I really want them to to feel to feel what you are articulating and what it is that we really want to bring to this podcast. You talked about you mentioned, you know, a man versus a male. Right. You know. Right. right. So you want to expound a little bit more I will, on that? I will. I'm glad you asked me that. And um. First, I want to thank you again for this podcast. Seriously, this is this is really powerful. Um, what I've learned as a man that has evolved into a, as a male that has evolved into a man is that there's a really big difference, very big difference. Uh, a male is one who doesn't mentally mature. And Alexis says something in the previous podcast when she referenced the corner. If you're doing what you're doing at 30 that you was doing at 20, then you're still a male. Muhammad Ali even said the same thing. So it's funny that she said that because Muhammad Ali said, he, he said that. He said, if you're doing what you're, if you're thinking or doing what you're doing at 30 that you was doing, I want to say at 18 or 20, somewhere around there, then you haven't really progressed on. You haven't, you haven't matured. And that really hit home on so many levels because I've recently been thinking about that you know, so much and so many of our quote unquote males have, they are refusing, refusing to become men. And that refusal is not even conscious. They're not even conscious of the fact that they're not men. They only men in stature. You know, we get men mixed up with the fact that I'm 6'2", or I'm such and such, or I'm, I'm 25, or yes, I got muscles, or yes, my physicality deems me as a man. No, a man is one that acts like a man mentally, that provides, that takes care, that nurtures, that prays, that covers his family. Do you know the word manhood, what that really means? That is a man with a hood that covers his family. That, 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 and to cover is to have a covenant over something. We are boys and men masquerading, males masquerading as men and not living up to the real divine self that who we're supposed to be of what we are. And a lot of times we ask who we are, but it really goes down to what we are. What we are are gods. What we are are kings. And we're getting it confused and it's purposely being done. And it's so sad because they've taken, not only have they taken the manhood out of us, they're even starting to take the malehood out of us. And once they take the malehood out of us, then we're dealing with a new breed of male that is unfit for a new breed of young girl. A new breed of male that is unfit for a new woman. And a new woman, in turn, is going to be unfit for that new male. There's something taking place now that is actually transmuting us into a whole new species that is beyond even what people are willing to talk about on platforms like this 
and even in so many social sites that I partake in and I listen to. You spoke of Naeem Akbar. Interesting you brought him up. And actually it's Naeem Akbar. And you spoke of him. Uh, I'm very, very familiar with him. I got into Naeem Akbar a long, long time ago. He had a very popular book called Visions for Black Men. And Naeem Akbar is a professor that taught at, at Florida State. He was very popular. Brilliant, brilliant-minded man. And his book was, was one of the first books that really peeled back the layers of my malehood to make the manhood evolve. And so I think books like Naeem Akbar's book, books like Hakeem Mahubuti, and books like Don Spears, these particular authors are, need to be mandatory reading for our men to actually tap into the manhood that's in them. That's what they need because we already talked about the lack of representation that's not there. And if the representation is not there, then we need the indoctrination. And the indoctrination needs to come from us and us alone. But first, we have to actually rise to the occasion, like you said, and be the men and women that we're supposed to be, preferably the men, since this show is truly about kings. And I see it really not happening. I see that we now have succumbed to the ways of this society. Mm -hmm. The ways of entertainment, the ways of materialism, the ways of carnality. There's so many things that we have succumbed to that we have to remove. I, I'm done. I'm done trying to acquiesce and done trying to find solutions of like, how can we all just make it work? Let's take an analogy of cats. A tiger is a cat. A lion is a cat. A panther is a cat. But they all coexist in their own realm. If a tiger cub was ever in a lion's cub presence, then no longer would it act like a tiger. And vice versa. You could take the same analogy with the little fake Tarzan movies they make. They take the little white boy and they put him in the monkey's raisin or even the wolf's raisin. And he doesn't even know he's a man or really a male. He crawls on all fours. He does the ooh, 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 ah, ah, sounds like a monkey. He even does the howling like a wolf, never realizing that he's actually a male. That is the black man right now. That is the black male right now. We're doing the ooh, ooh, ah, ahs. We're howling. We're acting like every other animal. We're actually so tapped into our reptilian mind, and you spoke of aggression. That's all we are. We are nothing but aggressive beings right now with no sensitivity, to our own and our own people. I love my people and I love young black males and I, I love our, our women and I truly know that they are kings and queens but I also know that the crown has been taken away and the crown has been tarnished mm. and the crown has been usurped to the point where we don't even know who we are anymore. When we look in the mirror we don't see black men and, and black men and women, women no more. We see ugliness. We see so much and it's evident in how we just destroy ourselves physically yeah it's so evident how we destroy ourselves physically so i don't want to really rambling be go rambling on and uh but i just wanted to kind of say that or whatnot so uh for the listeners and i'm pretty sure those other men out there listening and even women listening you probably would like to add to this and you're probably adding as we speak but that's just one piece of it it's a fraction of so much to talk about all of the things that gamut men not becoming men and males not evolving to men 
it, it'll take more than just this podcast. It'll really probably take a generation of conversation because that's how that's how divisively it's been it's been created and implemented to the point where it has, that's the most effective thing that this system, this system being, you know, this government, this 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 big farmers, everybody they they divisively put these things in place to keep us from becoming who we are divinely are because they know. They really know who we are. So Yeah. Well that was powerful. Well, that was powerful. And I definitely think thank you for joining in on the Girlfriend Experience Kings Part Three. But before we end this podcast, when you were talking, I wanted to actually posted this on um on social media and I think mm. it resonates. Um cool. so it says um black man, black woman. We have to stop mirroring the false presentations of how we coexist together. We drown in misunderstood emotions layered with false images that we are well. At best, many of us are functioning off malfunction emotions Mm. perpetuated by hurt and screaming, I'm good. When in fact, you are using pain to drive you down a one-way street of never understanding the depth of oneness and solid unity. You miss the chance to inhale and exhale new life into your beautiful souls. Until we understand that coexisting on this level is abnormal, we remain blind. That is very powerful. That is very powerful. And I totally agree. I'm 100% in agreement with that. So we're in a state of emergency. And I just, again, I'm, I thank you, Alexis, for inviting me out to this, this beautiful podcast and being a part of this platform. And, and I sure look forward to being part of some more. And again, this is AM in the AM. I am your host, Alexis Michelle. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you soon. This is Alexis from the AM in the AM show. Thank you for tuning in to my last podcast. To listen to more shows from me, you can search Alexis Michelle on the Anchor app.